welcome back to Path to Glory, the Warhammer Underworlds podcast that focuses on competitive gaming, player development, and community growth. This episode was made possible by our patrons. Thank you so much to everyone who supports us. If you're interested in supporting the podcast monetarily, please check us out at patreon.com slash path to glory. If that's not possible, that's totally okay. We still appreciate the listens and the ratings. As always, this is your host, Amon Kusro, and I'm joined by my co-host, my undead co-host, Ooh. my wraith-creeping co-host, Jonathan Davis. <laughs> is that what they mean when they, if somebody says I'm a creeper? Is that what they've meant this whole time? <laughs> yeah, you just pretty much got a horse face and you wear a giant hood. Oh, okay. Well, that makes it much better now. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is funny that they're called the wraith creepers. That's right. In case you couldn't tell by the adjectives used today, in this episode we will be covering the second warband in the Warhammer Underworld starter set, Drapur's Wraith Creepers. They have yeah. four fighters. Big surprise, another four fighter warband. Um, and we have they have thirty two faction cards, twelve objectives, ten gamuts, ten upgrades, and we'll be going over their honestly all 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 of those cards. It's going to be pretty exciting. Um, if you're interested in understanding what the purpose of this starter set is check out our storm of celestis episode that we recorded before this it should be posted by the time of listening and uh we go ahead and explain that there um and then we cover that warband in that episode and then now here we are for this new one drapor's wraith creeper so we'll go ahead and get started and we'll start with the fighter cards um this time we'll take turns so i'll start with the fighter cards and uh we'll go from there so, first up, we've got our leader, Viceroy Drapur. Three move, mm-hmm. two dodge, four wounds. It's pretty solid, I think, the two dodge off the bat. Yeah. Um, range two, two smash, two damage. Kind of like a ghostly Duke Crack Marrow off the bat there. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, I like really the like Briar all Queen, these- too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it gives you that, that Briar Queen vibe. I really like how they have the faction logo in the upper right-hand corner, and then what it looks like to be the Grand Alliance symbol below it. So uh, that's kind mm-hmm. of really cool, uh, because they've been releasing Grand Alliance dice, and Grand Alliance death dice are also up for pre-order now. Yeah, uh, there's also that um, mini-game. I think it's, is it the is it called Avatars? Yeah. You can kind of build like your that. own warband. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that one's by Grand Alliance, so yeah, um, they must have figured it was a good idea to put it in there. <laughs> yeah, helps people follow along. Um, kind of looks like the logo for the Sepulchral Guard, too, so... True. That's interesting. Um, well, Viceroy Drapur is the leader, denoted by the leader keyword, uh, or actually symbol, the crown. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got an intangible rule, so when this fighter makes a move action, it can move through blocked and occupied hexes. It must end its move action in an empty hex... Important thing to note, un- unlike the um, Lady Harrows and Thorns of the Briar Queen, it looks like this warband can take damage from lethals. Yeah, that's true. I like that. <laughs> I do too. Kind of evens the playing field a little bit, which I think is uh, well-deserved after many years of being uh, of my opponent saying, do you want to place a lethal <laughs> hex? No, I don't. Sorry. Yeah. That just hurts yeah. me in the long run. Um, so Viceroy Drapur inspires by at the start of your activation, one or more enemy fighters are within two hexes of this fighter. So that's yeah. his uninspired side. Very familiar to Thorns of the Briar Queen in terms of design, I think. Yeah, this is just better. It is. <laughs> yeah, you, you just don't have to be uh you know, don't even have to Jason. be. So. This is this would be great on the Briar Queen. It'd be it'd be <laughs> she'd be more broken if, than if she by is great already. you mean a, a complete nightmare. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Uh, That's funny. So when Drapur inspires, um, he looks pretty rad on his fighter card. So he's got three smash. So that's the first update. Um, He goes to four move as well, which is pretty cool. And his hunter's glaive weapon, which is attack, he gets reroll one dice in the attack roll for this attack action. Yeah. (laughs) I think he's the most accurate fighter in the game. He might be. He might be. What What do you think of him? What do you think about Drapur? Um, I think he's a pretty cool fighter. Um, the inspire condition is great. Uh, it basically means you just don't want to get anywhere near him. Um, and 
Man, three smash with a reroll is also pretty great. I would say his only weakness is that he doesn't have any more damage. Um, but I guess if he did, it would just be insane. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, once you give him a couple damage upgrades, I mean, that's going to be pretty incredible. He's he's really not going to miss that much. Yeah, three smash with a re-roll. three damage with a reroll. Sorry, three smash, two damage with a reroll, and then if you give him great strength. Yeah. It's pretty much by Felicia. <laughs> and um Wow. You know, relatively hard to hit with two dodge, four health solid. I mean this this guy is uh you know, kind of a force to be reckoned with. In in uh matchups against low health fighters too, he's gonna be devastating. He doesn't yeah. even need the damage. No, he doesn't. Yeah, I, I'm I'm very um I, the interesting thing about um like death warbands is their leaders always tend to be uh quite important in terms of the design and the efficiency of the warband mm-hmm. and uh like you know if you look at the briar queen you look at the duke lady harrow uh, even the warden right and then prince duval now um they're they're pretty uh they're pretty solid fighters they generally tend to be the best fighter if not one of the best and so yeah that's um, true drapur is no exception here um <laughs> not at all yeah no 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 um so the next fighter is the patrician i think he is probably the coolest or the most interesting one mm-hmm. so he starts with three move and two dodge as well and he's also on four wounds which is pretty solid mm-hmm. he's got a range one three fury one damage attack so um i guess it makes sense he's not holding a pole or like a halberd yeah um, so i guess he he just bites you instead he doesn't even hit you with the drumstick he just bites you that's interesting um, he's got the intangible special rule, so again, he can move through fighters and, um, you know, ignore certain things, but still v- vulnerable to lethal. Um, his inspire is interesting. At the start of your activation, each other sur- surviving friendly fighter is in enemy territory. Yeah. So I think just if you want to inspire the patrician, you have to play aggressively. Yeah, I think that... Uh I don't know how important it is that he be inspired. It seems like it's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but why don't we finish the rest of his card? Yeah, yeah. So he's got a death beat reaction. After an opponent's power step, choose one friendly fighter and push that fighter one hex towards the closest enemy fighter. That's pretty insane. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, really, really good. Yeah, it's insane. Um, so when he inspires, he goes to four move. His melee attack goes to two damage, and that's really it. Well, the death beat gets better, too. Does it? Choose up to two friendly fighters and push. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's pretty amazing. (laughs) So you do. You mean you kind of do want to inspire him, but. Yeah, I guess you do. I also feel like uh, after everyone's already in enemy territory, maybe it's not this death beat reaction is not as powerful. I think Uh, you're right. Because by then, everyone's probably inspired. Um, but it depends what you're trying to do. I think if you're trying to control or block objectives, um, it's it could be pretty annoying. And I, it looks like he could push himself, too, because mm-hmm. um, it doesn't say other. So th- this is so much mobility for this warband. Um, it's really cool. It's wild. <laughs> and then, it, you know, his attack right off the bat isn't that good. But I think you're going to want to keep him safe in this warband. Um, because of all the mobility that he's providing you. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you really want to go in that early. Um, but three, three Fury, two Smash isn't terrible once he inspires. Um, and the four moves nice. So uh, I, I guess, like you were saying, towards the end of the game, he becomes less important. But um, then you can just kind of throw him at people if you need to. So Yeah, exactly so. I, I, think, I think the power behind this fighter is definitely just... Reaction, push, reaction, push, reaction, push. Yeah. Um, aside from that, you probably want to avoid combat. Um, and then maybe towards the end of a game, if some of your fighters are down, maybe you can just tool them up and three fury isn't bad, you know, so. Yeah, because he is, um, in some ways, he's your second best fighter as well once he's inspired. Um, so because of the four inter- wounds. And, yeah, mainly because of the four wounds. Um, so that's pretty interesting. Um, I think how you use him and how you keep him safe will be, um, you know, part of what comes from playing this warband, part of the skill yeah, in, involved. In, integral to your success, for sure. 
Yeah. Yeah, there's just okay. so much power being able to move your warband around like that. Yeah, very cool. Very, very nice with the the Inspire mechanic as well, which I guess we'll jump to the last two fighters. It's Sire Hackfell and Ga- Grodrig the Lance. Uh, both of them are three move, one dodge, three wounds. Both of them have a range to attack for two smash and two damage. They also both have the intangible ability, and they have the same Inspire as their leader. At the start of your activation, one or more enemy fighters are within two hexes of this fighter. So, fairly identical, um, very respectable profiles. If they inspire, they both go to four move and two dodge. They stay at three wounds, and they each get a keyword. Hackfell gets cleave, and Grodrick gets ensnare. Yeah. What do you think about these fighters? So, I, there's some things that I don't like about them. Um, the one dodge kind of, and the one dodge and the three wounds, I guess, are the part that kind of scares me about them, but they do have a very easy inspire condition. I think, Mm -hmm. so I think that that is, I think that's where the skill is going to come in with using these two fighters, um, is how do you get them inspired to get that second defense dice? And then they do become pretty annoying with the range two. um, and, you know, the, basically that range two attack is pretty good. And then depending on what the matchup is, you'll want the cleaver and snare a little bit more. So they're interesting. What do yeah, you think I about mean, them? I kind of, I kind of like the fact that it gives you an opportunity to build into whatever the best keyword is for your matchup. So, yeah. like, if you're fighting against, like, a Stormcast, right? Which, why not? Your Storm of Celestis, for example. <laughs> then maybe Grodrick is less important to you and he could be act as bait or maybe, like, be one of the first fighters you charge with you know yeah. um and then once you're you know they're committed or they've counter charge etc then you know maybe you can get hackfell inspired maybe through a push um or something and then you know he starts cleaving away at that stormcast armor vice versa you know if you're playing against ghouls or gits like grodrick is probably better because of the ensnare so yeah i think you're exactly right yeah yeah I it's cool, cool how in different matchups it'll uh the importance of them will change so yeah Obviously, the most important is Viceroy Drapur. <laughs> yeah. He's a monster. Um, so, after looking at these four fighter cards, like, what do you think? Like, uh, do, you, do you like them? Like, do you think they're balanced? Like, obviously, there's a there's a two clear standouts here with the Patrician and the, the leader, but mm-hmm. I, I'm, I don't think Roderick and Sire Hackfell are bad either. I don't think they are bad. Um, my first, my initial impression of this warband was that they were a little bit... Uh, understated compared to some of the ones that we've seen recently, such as the vampires who, who seem like they have, um, you know, they're kind of stacked for their raw stats, it seems like, and their flexibility. But I think what you have to calculate with this warband is that as long as the patrician is alive, this might be the most like mobile warband that we've seen yet. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I think you really just can't ignore is having three fighters with range two attack actions. Yes. So they're certainly not as durable off the bat as the vampires might be, for example. But um, they may be more flexible in some ways or or more. um, I don't know. They may just be able to do things that the vampires won't be able to do. Um, They're definitely going to have situations where they're able to just make a bunch of attack actions, um, particularly like late in the game when maybe you've lost some fighters. That range is going to start to really um, shine. Whereas the vampires only have one fighter with range. So uh, not to compare them necessarily to them, but I think in some ways these are going to, these are going to be similar. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really easy to make comparisons to the Crimson Court because we've just did an episode on them and, and they're just, you know, <laughs> yeah. coming out. But um, I think for a starter warband, these guys teach you some great fundamentals. Um, again, mm-hmm. like prioritizing the Inspire or the, or the, the, sorry, the cleave or the ensnare. And then, of course, you've got that reaction. So it's teaching you about reactions. And then, of course, you've got a beat stick of a leader. And then, as you mentioned, that range two is incredible. Um, one thing that I really like about these is, is, you know, you mentioned that range two because honestly, like some of the top warbands right now, like Crushes and Molog, um, like Molog loves fighting against range one warbands because even if you push him back, he can still hit you. You drive him back. But if you start going toe-to-toe with him with range two warbands or fighters, if you drive him back, then he's now out of range, right? So that that's, I think, really neat. Um, and then with crushes, again, they're range one. So 
you can yeah. kind of take advantage of that as well. And with the crushes, it's going to be hard to go in and make an attack on any of these fighters and not inspire probably at least two or three mm-hmm. of them because of yeah. the way the inspire works um, and the way that the push works. Um, you know, not only do you have probably cards to help you position and inspire, you you have the drumbeat. So um, they're incredibly flexible. And when I think when you factor in how easy the inspire condition is, um, it makes this warband a lot more powerful. I do think they're, some of their weaknesses, though, are they're relatively low damage. So you're going to want to make sure you pack in some damage upgrades. Um, but other than that, it's really just the three wounds on the the two smaller guys. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I, I, woe, woe be to objective warbands running into these guys, though. Yeah. They're just yeah, going mean, to go to town. I know. That second round when everybody's probably in range and you have three of these guys swatting at you. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. You probably don't yeah. even have to charge with at least one or two of them because they're just in range of multiple fighters. It's and they just slide, they just keep sliding around. So, mm-hmm. drum beat, baby, drum beat. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, uh, good summary of the fighters there. Let's jump to the objectives. There's twelve of them. Jonathan, why don't you go ahead and read them off? All right. So I have the first one as Death's Bounty. It is three glory. Score this in an end phase if four or more enemy fighters are out of action. Tell me about it. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, again, like, whenever you see three glory, you're like, hmm, can I make this work? And, unfortunately, because of the fact that there are warbands that have, that consist of entirely less than four fighters, (laughs) this can be extremely matchup dependent, and because we are a competitively focused podcast we cannot in good conscience tell you to run this card <laughs> because you might not able to even score it in some games. So while the idea is cool and makes sense, um, and essentially in the starter set means wipe your opponent, uh, we're not mm-hmm. big fans of Annihilation on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I think in this starter set, it's fine. Um, it's not even a bad card in some games. Uh, I mean, if you know the meta is full of big war bands, then it's cool, but you know, we like to min-max everything, so. <laughs> um, let's go to the next one. It is Death's Triumph for two glory. Score this in an end phase if your warband holds two or more objectives in enemy territory. Yeah. So you get, obviously you get Treasure Hunter vibes. Yeah, I guess it's, right. is Treasure Hunter three or is it? I think Treasure Hunter is three. Okay. So it's a little bit worse than Treasure Hunter, maybe. Um, I guess you could take both of them, and that would be an interesting strategy. Yeah, well, because the war runner naturally wants to be aggressive, so I can see why you would want to maybe consider that. Um, yeah. So I definitely think if this is your plan, you definitely double down. Um, mm-hmm. But I think if you pick one, then you pick Treasure Hunter. Um, right. But it, it, this is interesting. I mean, I, I can see why. I mean, like, crushes kind of play like this right now, right? Where they get aggressive, they want to hold objectives in your territory. So not only do you have one extra fighter, but you've got that drumbeat reaction as well. So I actually don't think this is a bad card at all. I think it requires some forethought and some planning, but I can see you doing this very often with this warband. And so um, I think I like it. Yeah, I think that the... um, I think basically I need to play them to really be sure, but they have such incredible mobility, especially if you're able to get the um, patrician-inspired. This might be one of the better warbands at this. Um, along with some of the really large warbands like Grimwatch or something like that. Um, it'd be interesting to try it. If they're going to be aggressive and in enemy territory anyway, why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one is Deathly Blooms. Scored this in an end phase if your warband holds one or more objectives in enemy territory for one glory. What do you think about that? Yeah, similar concept to right to the card mm-hmm. we just went over. Um, Death's Triumph and Treasure Hunters. Um, again, like you could take all three of those and then you could have like, you know, six glory tied up in that. But again, like as we've mentioned, without without the risk of sounding redundant, like if there's one warband that can do this, it is this warband. Yeah, for one glory, I think this is fine. Grimwatch have a similar card. I've taken it before. I score it pretty regularly. So um, just depending on the card pool, I think you think about it. Uh, next one is Dread Harvest. Score this in an end phase if two or more enemy fighters are out of action for one glory. Um, I think we may have just reviewed a card like this uh, the other day. <laughs> yeah, I think we did. And ultimately, not worth the investment. I mean, when you eliminate two enemy fighters, you get two glory. Um, yeah. 
But generally, when you're taking out fighters, it's so that you can, they can stop you. They can you can stop them from stopping you from doing what you want to do. And I just don't think you run these guys straight aggro. Um, you probably could, yeah. and if that's the case, then maybe. But I think like cards like Bold Deeds or Dominant Display are just better. So right. yeah, there are some better uh, universal. We, we kind of just joke that it's not too glory, so don't take it. And and I think this <laughs> joke applies here as well. But that's also meta dependent. So um, not to say there's that's a very scorable card in most situations. Um, next one is Ethereal Hunters. It is a surge. Score this immediately after an activation in which a friendly fighter made a charge action in which they moved through one or more blocked and or occupied hexes. What do you think about that? So I like this one a lot. This is a, actually an amazing card because um, it's like an, it's a similarity between Gathered Momentum and the Lady Harrow's card for doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, Inescapables. No, it's not Inescapables. What is it called? I don't know what it's called. But um, this one's really cool because I think it's an improvement upon, upon the concept because you have to charge, right? Which is pretty neat. It's not just ending an activation next to an enemy fighter. Um, and then, you know, a lot of times... There are some really good boards that come in the starter set and they have blocked hexes on them. Mm-hmm. So this is a really cool way to take advantage of that and then make those boards more useful. Um, but even if you don't want to take a block, you know, board of blocked hexes, it's just move through an occupied hex, which just means you can be, you know, occupying by your friendly fighter or an enemy fighter. So yeah, you can yeah, just this, charge this is a great through one. your boy. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, I mean, the, the thorns, I think, have the same one, but they need to do it twice. And then I guess it doesn't have to be a charge. And then... The Harrow's one, I think, uh, only works with a block tech, so it can be a little bit limiting on what board they pick. So yeah. this one is uh, super open. The, I guess really the only requirement is that you charge. And maybe you won't want to do that sometimes. If someone's in range, you'll just want to sw- smack them. But um, for a surge, I think I think it's worthwhile. So I like yeah. it a lot. Round one, round two, it's it's insane. You, you This is auto-include for this warband. I, th- I think so. Um, the next one, or maybe I have... Maybe I have the same one in place. Uh, the next one is Inevitable Advance. Mm-hmm. Score this in an end phase if each surviving friendly fighter has one or more move and or charge tokens for one glory. It's a pretty reliable card. That. So I like running Run Ragged in like four man warbands or smaller mm-hmm. because it's really easy to control your side of the board. And then if you eliminate other fighters who haven't charged, then you can kind of game that strategy. Um, and in this situation... So Wild Hunt have a similar card called Safety and Swiftness. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, just move four times or charge four times, and that's cool. So there, there might be instances where you don't want to do this because, you know, the drumbeat is pumping your fighters up and you just want to keep smacking with maybe like a fully tuned like Viceroy or something like that. But yeah, for like rounds one and two, I think this is pretty solid. Um, and remember, it's each surviving friendly fighter. So if you just have one left and you just make sure you charge with them at some point during the round, you score one glory. Yeah, I think we see a lot of team effort in smaller warbands like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one, you know, needs to have at least two. So um, I think this is a really good uh, One Glory card. And that's probably its only real real downside. Um, the next one is Mast Blades. Score this immediately after an activation in which a friendly fighter made an attack action with one or more supporting fighters. What do you think about that? So I'm pretty sure we saw this in the vampire set as well. <laughs> yeah, I think we did. Um, like Blood Hunt or something like that, or but yeah, um, Crimson Hounds, I think. Oh yeah, that's what it was. Um, so this one is a lot easier to do because of the range too, and because of the drum beat, and because of the drum beat. So yeah. Um, in that warband, I wasn't a big fan. In this warband, I think this is a is a pretty solid card. Like if yeah. if I saw my opponent running this. I wouldn't be like, oh, that's interesting. I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> because with the vampires, if you charge me and knock one of my guys away by driving him back, then I'm going to have to use cards to get back in position. Uh, even if you charged me and drove me back one, I can then just drum beat back that fighter and then charge with somebody else, and I'm going to score this. So I think um, I think it's way easier than the vampire version because of the way this vampire this uh, warband works. So mm-hmm. I like it a lot. Next one is Piercing Blow. It's a surge for one glory. Score this immediately after an activation in which a friendly fighter's attack action with cleave was successful. So it's basically what armor? Yes, it is what armor. But the interesting thing to note here is that I believe only one of the fighters has cleave. 
Yeah, and only on the Inspire side, although it is a relatively easy Inspire. Yeah, so because of that, I think this can be challenging, especially because that fighter has three wounds and has Mm -hmm. to be in enemy territory, or at least near an enemy to Inspire. Um, So I think this is actually one of those situations where you probably don't take this card. I mean, the Essentials pack has, like, Mutating Maul, um, and then there are other weapons that have Cleave, so you could, like, kind of aggressively go into cleave but i don't think that's worth a one glory surge personally i think you're right um the next one is scythe down score this in an end phase if three or more enemy fighters are out of action for two glory (laughs) i like this a little better than the four fighters out of action for three glory yeah um but we've talked about these recently Uh, i don't think these are bad cards they're just a little bit of a meta call uh you know, four fighter or smaller meta, or even a five fighter smaller meta, I think these get a little bit tough. And I think that's where we're at right now. Yes, I agree. Let's let's just go to the next one. Yeah. Um, the next one is the hunt pursues. Score this in an end phase if each surviving friendly fighter is in enemy territory for one glory. Yeah, so I really like this if you want to inspire the patrician. Um, yeah. And, you know, you want to get close to the opponent. I think um, a lot of times... Like, opponents will charge into you anyways, mm-hmm. right? Especially if they're playing aggro. So this might be in a situation... It's kind of like uh, Bold Deeds and uh, the Hunt Advances, right? Where yeah, sometimes it's just hard to score those cards because your opponent wants to be in your territory as much as you want to be in theirs. Yeah, so, <laughs> you could almost make a whole deck, I think, at this point where <laughs> the whole goal is just to get in their territory. Yeah, and with these guys, you can do it very easily because of the, as you mentioned, the drumbeat. But I don't know, I just... Again, one glory. Um, I mean, I guess it combos a lot and stacks with some of the other cards we're talking about here, but um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm like on, I'm like a 50-50 on this one. I think for one glory, I'd probably give this one a pass, but I think for um, a starter deck, it kind of helps um, sort of cement how this Warband is designed to play. So Correct, yeah. That's I a like point. that about it. Um, the next one is Unstoppable Death. It's a surge for one glory. Score this immediately after an activation in which a charge, a friendly fighter made a charge action in which they took an enemy fighter out of action. So we've seen these before. Get a fighter with a charge action. Um, I think yeah, these the are Guardians all right. had it. Yeah, the Guardians had it. Uh, Wild Hunt have it with Rundown. Um, yeah. I think this is good. You want to make attacks? You want to fight people? Knock yourselves out. Not a bad <laughs> card. Not a bad yeah. card at all. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it's probably not quite as good as the other one for charging through an enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's probably the next best one that we've seen so far as far as their surges go. Yeah. I mean, you can score both of those at the same time, technically. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's always a good thing. So I like that about it. Mm-hmm. Um, next one is Vengeance of Nagash. Score this. It's a surge. Score this immediately after an activation in which a friendly fighter made an attack action that took an enemy leader out of action for one glory. <laughs> I think we've talked about just these. Go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think if you if you listen to this podcast regularly, then you know how we feel about these. If this is your first time, the one thing I'll leave you with is um, while killing the enemy leader is important part of your game plan, um, having to wait for this card to be in your hand to score it can be detrimental to your game plan because if the option presents itself early enough in the game you take it because if you kill the enemy leader you are at a serious advantage more often than not Uh, and then what this means is that because you took the tempo play you have a dead objective in your hand or in your deck so for that reason we pass yeah i agree um and i believe that is all of the objectives that's right did you have a favorite one oh man i think it's gonna have to be ethereal hunters for charging through a blocked or occupied hex yeah that one probably is the best um yeah what about you hmm um maybe the one that's the most interesting is gonna be the uh one that was like treasure hunters i forget what it was called Uh, oh um death's triumph yeah death's triumph i'm i'm not sure if it's that playable and i guess you'd probably want treasure hunter instead but i bet you could make a pretty fun deck that moves into their territory and then tries to control the objectives on their side um, yeah. so that, that one's kind of curious to me i don't uh, i might give it a try at some point but i think it's a good shout i mean i definitely think if you if you know if you can figure out the uh 
hold two in the enemy territory and then, you know, take cards for scoring and being in enemy territory can yeah. be pretty dirty. Could be. And it's, it's probably a surprising for your opponent when you play it. <laughs> so, yeah, um, well, I don't know. I don't know about it anymore because, you know, that that's the game plan. It might be the, the de facto way to play them. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to try that's it. That's true. But in future metas, maybe that won't be the case. So true. Know, something to think about. Dun, dun, dun. Um, <laughs> let's go to the gambits. So the yeah. first card here is Deadly Vengeance. Ooh. It's a reaction. Play this during an enemy fighter's attack action. After the deal damage step, if that attack, da- if that attack action will take a friendly fighter out of action, that friendly fighter makes an attack action. Yeah. So I think this is maybe the best version of this card that we've seen before. Yeah. Um, a lot of the other ones like this require a reroll, like or like a roll, and it's to be like mm-hmm. a 50-50 or maybe even worse than a 50-50. Yeah. Um, it's or also, an upgrade. Yeah, it's also not an upgrade, which is really important because you can surprise the opponent with this. Um, and then on a... If you, uh, I'm just thinking if you use this on the leader, um, you're probably going to hit. So <laughs> I, like, I like that about it too. Um, so this is... I think this is pretty good. I think you consider this card. I'd still probably rate it like a B out of A, B, C, D. Um, but I I think I'm going to try it. Yeah. I really like it. You've it's got just a little fighters. slow because you have to lose your fighter. Yeah, but you've got two three-wound fighters. So yeah. you're going to lose one of them anyways. And so getting an extra attack can be worth it. And then even if you don't have the card in your hand at the time, I, I imagine you're going to stack up the viceroy to be some sort of tremendous beast yeah. and uh <laughs> your opponent will want to kill the the you know the viceroy you might as well make them pay for it the other cool thing is that the attack action doesn't have to be against the person that uh killed it so that's right it's just amazingly flexible compared to some of the other ones like this so i think we will see some of this one yeah i think we will too uh, the next card is Drifting Death. Choose up to two friendly fighters. Put each chosen fighter one hex closer to the nearest enemy fighter. This is great. Yeah. I love pushes. No, yeah. <laughs> Not much to say. I mean, double sidestep is awesome. I think when you combine this with their natural ability to use the drums, like, this is great. So yeah, I think fantastic definitely card. take this one. Yeah. This is an A. <laughs> uh, next card is Restricted to the Patrician. Man, I love the way these cards are laid out. So much easier to read. <laughs> yeah. Uh, enervating Beat. Play this only in your power step. Minus one damage from enemy fighters range one and range two attacks and the next activation to a minimum of one. So as long as the Patrician's on the board, this card can be played. What do you think? Um, I like this one a little bit. Um, minus one damage is it is good. Um, it's just a little situational. You have to, you just have to make sure that they don't have the damage. They still don't have the damage to kill you. Um, and I think because your fighters are kind of low health, they may, they may be able to still have another target. So I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. So this is like a pretty much a uh, proactive, like potion of constitution. Yeah. That's a good way to think about Um, it. And so for me, like, the best part about Potion of Constitution is that it effectively acts like a... It, like, it stays around, right? Yeah. Um, so, unless you have an amazing timing on this card, I think that's where you struggle with it, because... So, first of all, this can be countered by just your opponent saying, okay, great strength on my fighter, or etc., whatever. Yeah. Um, but, and I guess that's important. Maybe you force them to spend the glory, but I don't know. I just... I think there are other cards out there that are, like better suited for whatever game plan you've got. So I think I am like on the lower end for this card, but I think in yeah. a pinch, it could be like pretty devastating and maybe it may early also, in the game. It may also depend how many other wound cards you have in your deck because like effectively this is a, you know, one activation plus one wound. So mm-hmm. if you have three or four other ways to put stack wounds on, this might make your guys really annoying to kill. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I think I'd, I think it's situational, so. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, the next card is Fervored Beat. Again, restricted to the Patrician, so only can be played when he is alive. Yeah. Play this Play this only in your power step. Enemy fighters attack actions have Fury characteristic of the next activation. Yeah. So, 
I think this is a pretty good defensive ploy. Um, looking at my phone here now, and like two smash against two dodge is forty-seven. If you change that to fury, it's thirty-five percent. So that is a pretty sizable twelve um, percent lower chance right. to hit. Yeah, like plus one dice is usually like plus eleven percent or something like that. Yeah. Um, so you're you are um, you are messing them up pretty significantly. I would say the weakness of this is that, you know, a lot of warbands just hit on Fury anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's okay. Well, well, the interesting thing is, is that like the higher the few, the smash characteristic goes, the worse off this card is. So like if you convert a three smash attack into a three fury attack, while that is significantly different, I think it's still like the, the three fury is still just good to hit you in general. So, well, it goes from it makes a it makes it a forty eight percent attack from a sixty one. So it is actually a pretty sizable. Um, well, it's mm-hmm. actually not quite as sizable. Like it's like a twelve percent again. So yeah, twelve percent compounding. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I, I do like that. There's no range limitation on this. But to Jonathan's point, most fighters have warbands that hit on smash and fury. I guess in this situation, everyone hits on smash. Actually, no, it doesn't. The patrician hits on fury. And uh, even in the Vampire, Anias hits on Fury as well, so... Um, yeah. yeah, I think it's a cool it's card for them to have, but um, I think it's a little bit too situational to make yeah. a competitor. Definitely messes up one of the Thunderhead Great Bow shots, though. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there are times when you just really don't want an attack to hit. I just haven't found any of these cards to um, really be worth the risk, so... Uh. Yeah. Okay, well, the next card is Heart Piercer. Play this only in opponent's power step. The first two range two attack action made by a friendly fighter and the next activation has cleave. So I think saw on a go ahead. Sorry. I think I'm the resident cleave hater on this podcast and I uh, this isn't really an exception to me. <laughs> yeah, I think this is thrown in there just because the starter deck there is a cleave objective. Yeah. Um but um like I think cleave on upgrades is cool if they do other things. Mhm. You know, but um yeah, we we actually mentioned in the other, um, I think it was the vampire episode, where you were talking about the upgrade, the the gambit bestial transformation that gives your fighter cleave and ensnare. Yeah. Um, and I did the math afterwards, and basically cleave or ensnare is never better than plus one dice. It usually only becomes as good as plus one dice, at least for like most normal attacks. Maybe when you're up to like four or five dice anyway it starts being better than in one more because there's some diminishing returns. But um, effectively, in most situations, this card is not going to be better than just plus one dice. Um, and I don't think we love those cards. <laughs> so Yeah, I mean, you like Victimize. I do, I do. But plus one. I like Victimize more um, now that we have Outrun Death because you can play that on an enemy fighter and then they become a quarry <laughs> and then you can Victimize them. That's true. That's yeah. true. So this card... Is a no go. Yeah, uh, but you know it's important to teach the fundamentals to starters, starter players. Um, Horrifying Shriek is the next card. Choose one enemy fighter within three hexes of one or more friendly fighters. Push the chosen fighter one hex. So another version of distraction. Yeah, I like the limitation from a balance yeah, perspective. For um, sure, I still think it's a great card. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Distraction's good. Distraction yep. with range, not as good, but still very good. <laughs> And for this warband, pushing from three to two means that you inspire. So somebody's trying to be tricky and you just don't let them. So nope. Say, uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> Get over here. Um, and that is a horrifying picture of that fighter there. Yeah, these guys are just creepy. <laughs> uh, methodical attacks is the next card. Reaction play this after an attack, after, after an act- activation in which a friendly fighter made a failed attack action. That fighter makes an attack action again. I feel like this is a death special. Like every <laughs> yeah. death warband has this card except for the Grimwatch and the Vamps, but they're like they don't need yeah. it. So Could you imagine uh, if Grisselwald had this card? I would I would cry. <laughs> it seems like a uh He kinda a, a, did for a while with Fueled by Fury. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. This is great. Love it. Great card. Uh, Somnolent Beat. Again, restricted to the Patrician. Play this only in your power step. Minus one move from enemy fighters in the next activation to a minimum of zero. 
Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, normally, I wouldn't like this really at all. But I think with how popular the speed package is in this meta, I think this is worth considering. Um, cover ground and wing death require a six hex move. And I bet this would mess it up a lot of the time. I'm not sure if it makes the cut, but I like the possibility. Yeah, you just opponent. Well, so it can only be played in your power step, though. That's the hard part, right? Well, um, I think you, yeah, because your power step would be before they activate. Correct, so. correct. So yeah. So, um, so actually, did I say hard? I mean, that's the good part. Um, oh, oh, I yeah, think yeah, I just sorry. misunderstood you. Yep. Yeah. No, I I, I misspoke. That's my bad. <laughs> um, that's the good part because they play Spectre Wings, and you're like, nope. Here's some Nolan beat. Right. I'm, and it, I know I'm not pronouncing this word right. <laughs> so I don't know how to say it either. No. Let us know in the comments. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Dave Sanders. Appreciate it. Um, Stuff of Nightmares is the next card. Choose one enemy fighter within two hexes of a friendly fighter and roll one attack dice. On a roll of smash, deal one damage to the chosen fighter. Yeah, I think it's a little bit too random for me. Yeah. Well, it's it's similar to that, like, uh, Black Powder Sphere. Yeah, but basically it's going to go... It's only going to work one out of three times because uh, it's only smash, so... Right. Yeah. Yeah, but the uh, the card art's cool. It's kind of yeah, kind of literally the stuff of nightmares. Strange there, yeah. <laughs> Last gambit, unending pursuit. Choose one friendly fighter. Push that fighter one hex. I'll take it. It's another push. <laughs> I'd step it up. Yeah, they love pushes. So yeah, very very interesting. Um, gambit selection here. A lot of pushes, which are awesome. Um, some three cards tied to the patrician, but that kind of makes really thematic sense because he's playing the drums and drums have different beats and tunes and they yeah. can do some cool things. Um, what is your favorite card in this hmm. set of gambits? My favorite one is probably hmm. Did you already sleeve them and put them in your binder? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you savage. Um, I guess the obvious one would be the uh, attack again card. Uh, those vengeance. are just so powerful. I like. I know I'm going to take that one. Yeah. Um, I, I thought think there was I like... one of the beats that I liked. Somnolent beat. Fervored beat. Enervating beat? No, I don't think I like any of them. Yeah, maybe I don't. I like Drifting Death. That's kind of like the pack advance of the set, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, that's pretty good. Horrifying Shriek is good, too. So, um, maybe not as exciting of a, like, you know, cards, but they definitely have utility and use. And mm -hmm. I think you'll be able to use and see them in a myriad of situations, so... Yeah, I think that these are very straightforward cards, um, but some of them are quite powerful. The double push, um, even the single push, attack again is great. Um, the three range three distraction is great, um, and a warband really only needs you know four solid cards in their faction to, I think, be competitive. So, yeah, um, you know, of each type, depending probably. on the universal pool. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's always going to have an impact. So, cool. Um, I guess we'll go to upgrades then, if you are ready. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. First one is Bitter Strength. Plus one damage to this fighter's range one and range two attack actions. It's great strength. I like it. Take it. <laughs> Don't think about it. Next yeah. card. Um, the next one is Carrion Companion. After this fighter's attack action, which takes an adjacent enemy fighter out of action, gain one glory point. Uh, restricted to Hackfell. Yeah, so this is interesting. So he is the fighter with the raven on the base. So that's how you tell the difference between uh, Hackfell and Grodrick. Yeah. I think he's um, the one with Ensnare. Hackfell has Cleave. Oh, he's the one um, with Cleave. Okay. Yeah, so if, if he's got a raven on the base, he's got Cleave. Um, this is kind of cool in a way. Um, essentially, this is Trophy Belt. No, this is actually better than Trophy Belt. This is uh, Tome of Offering for... 
Well, it's actually a mixture of Trophy Belt and Tome of Offering because it is adjacent enemy fighters, which mm-hmm. is hard because it's so it's more akin to the Duke's ability, actually, the Duke's upgrade. Because even though this is a range to fighter, you have to kill someone that's next to you. So that could force you to be weird in limitations. But I think because he's three wound and one dodge off the bat, this is not even worth the investment. Like if this is on the Viceroy, insane card. Yeah. But probably Take, for like, balance a reasons. speed and just slide around, smack him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So probably for balance reasons, like I see why she or, or this card is on Hackfell, but um, yeah, yeah. No, I don't like. I don't think you take it. Fair enough. Next one is Death Grasp. It is a attack action upgrade restricted to Drepor, who is your leader. Um, it is one range. It's range one, three smash, two damage, and if it succeeds, give the target one move token. Hmm. So I like the ability to give move tokens. I really yeah. do. It's a very accurate attack as well. Three smash, two damage. Um, I think the natural strength of this warband and your leader is that range too. The ability to flex, um, be quite mobile, smack your fighters around, or the enemy fighters around, um, and uh, you know, kind of abuse that range. In this yeah. situation, um, I Obviously, Drapur, which is the Viceroy, will probably be one of your fighters that lasts the longest on the board. But I don't, I don't think it's worth this investment. I think you just stack on on dice accuracy, defensive dice on your your leader, um, because even though he's doing the Undertaker choke slam, <laughs> uh, I just don't, I just don't know. I don't think it's it's worth it. No, I don't. Yeah, and I think the range, like if this had knockback on it, so you could hit somebody two spaces away and give him a move token, and then he would be like out of range to swing back at you. I'm thinking like a Molog or something. Mm-hmm. Then I might think about it, but uh, I think there's too much other range too that even with the put drive back, I don't know if this meaningfully locks up enough important fighters. So um, it's interesting, but uh, yeah, I think you just go for the kill. So. Yeah. Uh, the next one is Deathly Vigor. It's plus one wounds. So they have their own Great Fortitude as well. Love that. Um, I don't know if we need to say anything else. It's great. We don't. <laughs> next one is Memories of the Hunt. Plus one move. Um, I don't like this one that much. Nope. Nope. Not with <laughs> well, not with cards like Outrun Death and uh, yeah. Special Wings in the mix. Um, yeah. As when those cards rotate eventually, um, we might see cards like this come back but because of literally because of the existence of spectral wings you'll never take great speed or any cards that are similar to great speed so yes yeah exactly um next one is murderous accomplice it's a reaction after another fighter's move action made as a part of a charge action push this fighter and it's restricted to uh grodrick up to two hexes so that this fighter is adjacent to one or more of that fighter's targets so you can slide Grodrick next next to the person your fighter is attacking. Another fighter. Eh, it's okay. It is okay, but I think if you want this kind of effect, you go blindside instead, which is a universal card. Um, and mm-hmm. that's a gambit. So not only is this extremely telegraphed, but it's also on one of the two weaker fighters in the warband, ones that don't last very long. So for that reason alone, I don't think this is worth the investment. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, the next one is Murder Pact. It is plus one damage to this fighter's range one and range two attack actions if this fighter has one or more supporting fighters. And it is also plus one dice to other friendly fighters' attack actions if this fighter is supporting the attacker. What do you think about that? Yeah, so this one's a really cool one. Um, I really like effects that like kind of emanate from one fighter and then maybe do other things. Um, this is really cool because um, I think you put this on the patrician mm. because he is your only melee fighter. So he'll be providing supports or needing the supports um, moving forward. But I think if this was on any one of your fighters, it is interesting. I, I like the way that this is designed because this is range uh, one or two attacks. If uh, sorry, it's yeah. supporting fighters, and supporting means you have to be adjacent to the enemy fighter. So that kind of kind of almost works against your strategy. Um, so for that reason alone, you might decide not to take this. But I think if you do take it, there can be some pretty bonanza moments with this one. 
So I actually think I really like it for any of the fighters um, because you have the patrician um, push in that power step. So before you make the attack, sure. you can set up the support most likely. Um, and then if it hits, because it either has plus one dice or plus one damage, um, you know, hopefully you've hit and killed the thing and you have support. So that's going to be a very, very accurate attack. Um, I, th- I think you can make this one work. And I like that it's plus one damage to their attacks without taking away defense dice or something like that, like Savage Strength does. Um, so you can take great strength, their own great strength and this one. And I think that's a pretty good mix. And I love how flexible it is because if you have two fighters and either one could attack, um, depending on what you need, you put it on, or you're, if you're going to make an attack with one fighter and the other one's supporting, depending on what you need, you put it on one or the other one. So uh, I think it's a really cool card. Yeah, I think... I think it works really well with that surge mass blades as well for getting that supporting attack fighter as well. Yeah. That's so there's a good some, point. Syner- there's some synergy here as well. Um, so yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe this could go on any fighter. Um, and, and because of the drum beat and the pushes and the distractions that they have in the kit, um, yeah. they can, they can pretty much do this at any point. So that's a really good point. Um, I don't know. I think I still, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is. I don't know if it's better on the patrician, the patrician, but I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. Yeah. I, I think it's great for him too. I don't think, uh, I just don't think it's bad at all. So, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and do the next one. Uh, am I doing? I think you're doing all of these, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Paul of Fear is the next one. Minus one dice from enemy fighters' range one and range two attack actions that target this fighter to a minimum of one. Um, it's pretty good. Yeah, the Lady Heroes have this card and they use it a lot. Um, I think there's only range one. So there's only range one. Yeah, their leader is probably the most powerful fighter on in their warband and same in this situation so i think this is even good this is like really good against Molog too yeah you make his two smash attack one smash attack so um i think this is great i really like it and this helps keep your leader alive yeah i think it helps make up for some of the durability issues this warband might have um so, uh, so i like it yep and also with all the sliding around you can sort of make sure that the enemy is within two hexes um Although I guess a range three attack just avoids this completely, but yeah, but that's that presents its own you know set of issues as well. Yeah, but those also tend to be relatively low damage. So um, next one is tearing claws. It's restricted to the patrician. It's a weapon upgrade, range one, two fury, and two damage. It has cleave and ensnare. What do you think about that? Yeah, so, so so the two damage of Cleveland Snare is really good. The two Fury is not. Um, yeah. I believe that his normal attack action is already three Fury, so that's more <laughs> uh, accurate. And uh, he does two damage on these Inspire sides. So this card is actually extremely redundant. The Cleveland Snare is cool, um, but I don't think it's worth an upgrade slot in your deck because it's not a markedly better improvement to his attack profile. If it was like three fury, even then I wouldn't think so. Cause you really, you're just getting it for Cleveland and snare. But if this was like two smash or three smash, then maybe I'd consider it, but it's not. If, if only this had room for a scything on it. <laughs> yeah. Then it'd be a different story. Yeah. Yeah. As we talked about Cleveland and snare usually just ends up being as good as another dice. So this is basically his inspired attack. Um, go to the next one. It is the point of death. And there is that point. Um, you can re-roll one dice in this fighter's attack action rolls during this fighter's charge action. Um, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's interesting because like, at one point in the game, you're going to be able to manipulate the board again through the drumbeat, the pushes, and the positioning to where you can keep attacking with the same fighter, preferably Viceroy. Yeah. So I don't know if this is actually that terrific of a card. It's still good. I mean, like I've seen like... You know, Thorns of the Briar Queen use this card a lot on the Everhanged. Yeah. Um, Arrows have it too, I think. So <laughs> it's a theme. Yeah, it's a it's a death theme for sure. But again, I think if you're playing these guys correctly, you're probably not going to be charging very much. Yeah. Um, and if you are, you're charging with your other guys. And even then, like they're two smash, it's pretty respectable. But, yeah, I, I like it. I think it's a slightly more balanced version than some of the, uh, you know, accuracy upgrades that we've seen. I think it's a cool um, concept. And I think in some metas where there isn't much accuracy, you'll consider it. Um, particularly because you have so many fighters that can just make attack actions. It may be worth charging with one um, to get that reroll. But um, yeah, in the current meta, when we have uh, 
you know, strength of terror and uh, savage visage and other ways to get accuracy. Um, you might want to take something else, probably more damage, um, because of, that's what this warband kind of needs. It seems like, but it's not a bad card for them to have. No, it's 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 certainly not bad. Um, but again, I think I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, overall, their upgrades seemed. Um, there are some really good simple cards, and then there are some cards that. Uh, require a little bit more thought but uh i think i like their gambits better yeah i like uh it's interesting they have some really good cards but they're not they're very simple um and that's probably because the goal here is to teach the game to new players um i mean more more damage is great more health is great um i like murder pack a lot um but uh that's probably about it yeah so murder pack is your favorite yeah i'm probably gonna go with uh paul of fear because it makes your Voltron leader a monster, Viceroy Japor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it for the faction review. Um, Jonathan, what do you think about this warband holistically? Hmm. Um, <clears throat> I think they're very interesting. I think that their mobility, um, particularly if you're able to inspire and keep the patrician alive, um, will lead to some pretty powerful moments, um, particularly for the leader. I think the, I think the um, possibility of the leader getting tooled up with a one or two damage upgrades um, and then just sliding around smacking people is pretty high. Um, I think this warband kind of relies on the universal pool for their uh, objectives. Um, they have a lot of one glory objectives that are very scorable. Um, but in the current meta, I don't know. I, I feel like I want more than that. So, um, but I also think a lot of the current meta objectives probably work pretty well with them because it seems like they want to get in your face. So, um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. So it's, it's hard not to make comparisons to lady heroes cause they're another four fighter death war band. Yeah. Um, and they kind of want to do similar things and their cards are kind of similar. I think lady heroes have the advantage in that they have some great surges and some faction objectives. Um, yeah. And so I think in this situation, as you mentioned, they might have a higher reliance on the universal pool. But but even then, um, I think this this is one of those death warbands that you want to be aggressive with. Um, but you want to be smart about your positioning as well. And you have the tools to do so. So you can mm -hmm. hold objectives in enemy territory. You can make a lot of attack actions. So I think you can play like an aggro, like hold enemy objective territory um, style of deck. And I think that can be pretty powerful given the fact that there is universal support for that and you have, again, all those movement shenanigans and push shenanigans. So I think I find this warband to be harder to play than the Storm of Celestis. But I think this warband can be more rewarding if you put in the time and the practice and you're able to, like, crack the code, if you will, because this can be a lot of fun. And I think it can do real. I think there's a lot of synergies that can have the potential to blend in really well. Yeah, it seems like they um, they put a lot of the complexity of this warband into how you do those pushes and how you do your positioning. Mm -hmm. um, and then with the Celestis, it seems like um, a lot of the complication is in their cards, where they need to hold objectives and they need to, you know, they have some teleport stuff. They have, they have some more um, complex cards, whereas these the cards for this warband tend to be pretty straightforward. Um, and like so that, some of them are fine. Um, I, like I think I would probably take three to four of the upgrades and the gambits, which I think is a sign of quality um, cards for a warband. I, I'm just not in love with their objectives right now. Right on, cool. Well, there you have it, guys. That is the explanation and review of Japur's Wraith Creepers. Um, let us know what your favorites are in the comments and in our Discord and Facebook, uh, because I think this can be quite an interesting warband, and fans of death are to be sure to enjoy them especially if you like aggressive play. So, uh, Jonathan, you want to close us out? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, once again, thank you to our patron supporters. If you'd like to join our current patrons, you can do so at patreon.com slash path to glory. You can find all of our blog content on path to glory podcast.com. If you have any feedback, questions, or comments, let us know on Facebook, Twitter, or discord at path to glory podcast. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And as always, thanks for listening, and we wish you the best of luck on your path to glory. Um, 
Yeah, dude, these uh, horse skulls just creepy. They remind me of the bird guys from the Dark Crystal. I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, I think you they linked go, a picture on Discord earlier. I love the sounds they make. Really? Yeah. yeah it's something about like uh, equine skulls that kind of throws me off, man. <laughs> like you ever watch like those weird shows like The Order on Netflix where like they're wearing like horse and like goat skulls when they're doing like blood magic and stuff? No, I, I haven't. I don't, I don't yeah. like scary stuff. So Underworlds is about it's, as scary as I like to go. Yeah, I don't like scary <laughs> stuff either, but it's not scary. It's just like weird and suspenseful. Kind of, kind of. It's, it has werewolves in it. That's why I like it, I guess. But You would. 